You're listening to a podcast from 702. 702. Family Matters. And today we're speaking about resentment some children have towards their parents. Um, unresolved issues in a child-parent relationship can really be traumatic. And living with that anger and resentment can take away that opportunity of living a full and a healthy life. You and I last year on this segment had a conversation about parents who develop feelings of resentment towards their children. And today I want us to, to turn it around and look and, and even more focus on adult children who might resent or have anger towards their parents for whatever reason. For some people it's unresolved childhood conflicts, such as a parent favoring or disfavoring one child over the other. For, for some, it may be clashes in values and beliefs, or, or it could be abuse. Maybe you, felt, you feel you were neglected. Yeah? Maybe you were, feel you were abandoned. Or you're blaming your mom or your dad for, for the divorce. And if, if these underlying memories and attitudes are not dealt with, they often trigger that anger and resentment while reinforcing that strained relationship with the parents. And if you're experiencing this lifelong anger, towards your parent. I'd like to know what's behind that and, and how are you dealing with that? Have you in the past developed that kind of anger towards your parent, towards your guardian? And how did you let go of that kind of resentment? Or is it something that's still lingering? Uh, you can share your experiences with me on 0727021702. That's the WhatsApp line for your voice notes. If you want to give me a call, you can call me on 011883. 0702. Leanne Lurie is a clinical psychologist who's going to guide us through this discussion. He's joining, she's joining us uh, via Zoom. Leanne, thank you so much for joining us for this important conversation. Good morning. Good morning, Clement. Thank you so much for having me. How common are strained relationships between, you know, adult and adult children and their parents? So, in an ideal world, we'd like to believe that children grow up into adults and that they attribute, you know, their success and the kind of person that they are towards the nurturing and the advice and guidance that they receive from their parents. But in reality, many children harbour feelings of resentment, feelings that they were raised in a way that was different to their siblings, and the sense of indignation that the way that they were treated was incredibly unfair. You know, if you had to speak to three children who were raised in the same home, in the same environment, each of them is going to have a different experience of what their childhood, what their adolescence was like. Mm, yeah. So how do parents deal with that? And, and we'll get to the kids just now and is it even possible Leanne for a parent to recognize that this child is very resentful towards me even if they may not know what for and, and what where that resentment comes from is it very easy or, or difficult for, for parents to pick up that you know this behavior from this child you know it's 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 demonstrating that there's some kind of anger towards me you know I think 
in a sense, we talk about, you know, the concept of like a double bind where the parent tries their best to please or to placate their, their adult child. And all they get is a message of, I'm fine, you know, everything's fine, leave me alone. But what they're communicating verbally versus what they're communicating with their body language is very different. And so the parent lands up feeling quite trapped. The courageous part is that can a parent find it in themselves to actually comment on the process that's unfolding? Can they say to their child, I notice that you are very distant. I notice that you are, that you're generally quite angry or, or passive aggressive towards me. Can you please tell me what's on your mind? If, if however, the child is not prepared to, if they're not ready to let go of that resentment, of that anger, of that bitterness, then a conversation may not be possible. And a parent may, in some instances, as hard as it is, take a step back and make space for their child to come to them when they are ready. I think that for many parents, it's also often an incredibly confusing time because in their minds, they did their best with the resources they had available to them in raising their child or children. And to suddenly have this barrage of things like thrown at you or accusations thrown at you may come as an absolute shock that you yourself need to process before you can even give your child a suitable response. Hmm. What are some of the issues that can lead to this kind of anger and resentment towards the parents in adulthood? You've mentioned, you know, the issue of, you know, some kids may feel, oh, you favored the other over me. And I mentioned earlier about divorce, because often you see parents, you know, mm. I mean, children often direct the anger towards a particular parent. It's, it's not always mm. both parents, but, but they will feel, no. oh, mommy, you were the cause or, you know, dad is the reason. Um, um, for this divorce, so they're still harboring it. They start harboring it towards, you know, one one parent. What are some of the issues that often lead to this kind of resentment? And how does this anger and resentment usually present itself? So I'm glad that you brought up the previous example because I think on a whole, what it speaks to is the idea of boundaries or a lack thereof. In a healthy family structure, you have your parental subsystem, and then underneath that, you know, you have your, your sibling subsystem, and so on and so forth. But very often what happens, especially when, you know, the parents, for example, may be seen as immature, but they had children very young without much guidance themselves, the boundaries in a family system become blurred. And so either, like, one child becomes an ally of the other parent, almost serving as a surrogate husband or wife. Or what happens is you find that older siblings may start taking on the role of parents because the parents themselves are incapable of actually providing the soothing and the nurturing and the guidance. And later on in life, this may create a huge sense of resentment. For example, if you've, if you've aligned yourself with your mother and your mother treats you as her therapist and tells you all the wrongdoing that your father did, that is the lens through which you are going to view the world. Mm. And so you may then direct your own feelings of anger towards your father, or you may confuse what are your feelings and what's actually your mother's feelings. You know, have you been able to actually go about that differentiation process? Mm. Other reasons yeah. that I found is that if an older sibling is 
tasked with being the responsible one, the golden child. Not only are the comparisons between you and them going to be or going to feel infuriating, but also you may find that that older sibling meets out punishment according to what they believe is right and that you are then answerable to them and that you don't have your parents to actually protect you from the world. Um, you know, we also, we also look at have there been any examples of physical, emotional and verbal abuse within that family system um, where, you know, children were made to, to keep secrets, even if that abuse was perpetrated from one sibling to another. And so you grow up with a sense of dis-ease. It may manifest in the form of anxiety. It may manifest in depression. You know, it may manifest in a distrust in healthy adult relationships because that was never your experience growing up. It also may manifest in substance abuse or, you know, in huge displays of anger and volatility or in absolute kind of withdrawal when it comes to conflict and, and confrontation because you were never taught those skills and you were always taught perhaps that it was better to sweep things under the rug. Mm. And and in terms of presenting itself, the, this anger, it, it, sometimes perhaps parents will find it easy to detect because you see the kid is is not talking to you, is is you know is, is showing, you know you know attitude that they've not shown before, or they're just withdrawing. Uh, I'm just tr- I'm tr- I'm just trying to get us to help parents who may be sitting listening to us now and thinking. I've actually been observing behavior from from my child and and I'm wondering if that is the kind of behavior that a child will you know somehow express when they are harboring some anger towards me especially when you're dealing with teenagers you know because you know teenagers mm. are moving in between emotions and and they're at the state where you know that attitude is developing it's adolescence so how does this anger and resentment often present um, itself? So we'd like to believe that as parents, we are the experts in what we call our children's baseline level of functioning. So how were they behaving and acting and relating to us before this type of anger and withdrawal or passive aggression actually began? And yes, as parents, we are, we can be stretched very thinly. We can have a lot of our own stresses. But it's incumbent upon us when we notice a change in our child's behavior to have that courageous conversation and not simply one with a yes and no answer. You know, to open the conversation by saying, you know, I've noticed that you are much angrier or much shorter with me. I've noticed that you are avoiding coming to the table at dinner time, that you are spending hours alone in your room on social media. Or, you know, perhaps you've, you've checked their cell phones or a diary that they may have and you found, you know, angry thoughts written about you. Are you brave mm. enough to actually approach your child? And are you brave enough to actually hear them out and respond accordingly as opposed to responding defensively and making your child feel therefore even more invalidated about their experience. 
Mm. You don't necessarily yeah. have to agree with what your child's saying, but hearing them and validating how they feel is the first major step in a process towards healing and finding a different way of relating. Oh one one eight eight three oh seven oh two. Are you experiencing a lifelong anger towards your parent? Did you experience that when you were young or when you were an adult? This is when you were starting to feel it. And maybe you've got a parent who just never listens. Or you've got a parent um, that has done things when you were young that you were not happy about, but that's still not been spoken about. And instead, it's just anger that's developed. How are you dealing with something like that? Right? Have you in the past dealt with this anger? And how did you let go of the resentment if this was, was, this was, was your reality? I'll take your WhatsApps as well on 072702. One seven zero two, and I'll go straight to those WhatsApps and calls after the break. Twenty-two minutes after eleven. Seven zero two. Family matters. It's twenty-five minutes after eleven o'clock. On our family matters this morning, we're talking about this resentment that some children are feeling towards their parents. What's causing that? Um, have you done an assessment of why you feel that way about your parents, and have you been able to let go of it? Um, if you haven't, how are you dealing with it? I'm taking your calls and your WhatsApp voice notes. Let's take, um, is it Moore in Hartis? Good morning. Hi, Clement. Hi, great show. Hi, this is Maureen. Um, you know, I have this, a similar problem. I have had to deal with not knowing who my father was. Mm. And even though I had actually asked my mom as I was growing up forever, I was asking her. And she actually went to a grave and she never told me, even though I kept mm. on asking her. I, would, I just want to know. I mean, I went to counseling, I went to psychologists and stuff, and I just want to know, what could have been the reason for her not to tell me who my dad was? Why? What have I mm. done? Was, was it my fault? I mean, did I bring myself here? I mean, she went to her grave, and even though I was confrontational, a week before she died, we were arguing, and I was screaming to her on the, on the phone, saying, yeah, you keep secrets. People keep secrets, just like you keep secrets forever. And that a few days later, then she died. But... For as long as I can remember, I've always asked her, and she never told me. Never. Not with her mm. own mouth. Mm. And and you've always carried that, that, that anger towards her. Is it something you still time. And I try, to, I, try, I try to be a daughter, to go home, to be with her, to be the child. Every now and then I look at her, I'm like, this woman, does she really love me? Why is she hold, Why is she making this Berlin Wall between me and her? I mean, what is wrong? Was my father a criminal? Was she raped? I have to ask myself all these questions. And I was saying, as mm. a woman, and I'm a woman myself, if she had just told me, you know, which I was 15, I didn't know, I was embarrassed. Now you're a professional and you're educated. I don't know how to let you. I, I have all the answers for myself and I'm asking myself and completing on my own why she could not have told me. And it's just permanent. I just don't know what to do. Mm, sure. And how are you feeling now, Maura? Are you do you still do you think you're still harboring that you still have those feelings of anger towards her? Even I, after I still death? do yes, I still mm. do and what is even so funny which makes me even so angry. Don't get me wrong, I loved her. I, I just sincerely had to love her because she's my mom. At the at the at the end of the poll I was angry with her for keeping this 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 from me. But I didn't hate her. But I was angry with her. I mean I was always there Christmas making dinners, making turkeys and everybody else know the family is together, but there was this secret and I am mm. angry. And I'm angry and now 
for the past two, three years or so during COVID, I've always, I've been dreaming about it and she's dead. I'm like, why am I dreaming about her now? It's just mm. mental torment. I don't know what to do. Sure. Yeah, Maure, mm-hmm. I'm sorry um, that, you know, things ended that way where you didn't even have answers. And I hope you, there's probably a relative out there who's able to lead you to your dad because I can, I can hear that's really something you'd want to see. Uh, thank you for calling. Uh, Leanne, um, how, how do you advise Maure? Because it appears, you know, she still feels that, you know, resentment towards, you know, the mom, even, even after the death, because her questions have still not been answered. No, and I think that her, I think her frustration and her anger are incredibly, like, valid and, and incredibly understandable. You know, as as children growing up, we seek to identify parts of ourselves in both of our parents. And when you are raised by one parent, and there are, for example, there are personality traits that maybe you clash with, with your mother, you wonder with these hallmarks that almost like they belong to your father. Mm. You know, on the one hand, I want to say, what was her mother protecting her from? Or what was her mother protecting herself from? Would the revelation of the truth have caused more harm than good? And I think to also take a, take a step back, and I know that this doesn't, it doesn't soothe the hurt that she's experienced. But in what way did her mother serve the purpose or serve the role of being both a mother and a father to her? And in what way did she have stability, perhaps, that those who were raised in a two-parent household may not necessarily have had? You know, I think it's, I think it's incredibly hard for her because these are questions that may never be answered. And it's not necessarily something that she has to make peace with. But there's a huge difference between approving of something versus accepting it. Hmm. Oh, thank you so much for, for that, Leanne. And on that note, we're going to take the latest in Eyewitness News headlines at 11.30. Family Matters. On our Family Matters feature this morning, we are talking about this child-parent resentment that always presents itself. There are children who grew up resenting um, their parents, whether it's their mom, their dad. They are children who grew up and they're now adults and they're realizing that there's still some anger that they're feeling towards their parents. I want to start off with some of the WhatsApp messages that you've sent us and then I'm going to go to your voice notes and, and your calls. One says, Clement, I'm angry at my mom. She was a beautiful woman and is the most selfish person around. She left me and my sister with my grandmother while getting married three times. For me, it worked out because luckily my uncles were people who loved education and it robbed or it rubbed off on me. For my sister, the bitterness lingers and always fights like a cat and dog. That's a message from Anonymous. Another one says, Clement, Anonymous here. My father, till this day, still believes he gave me the best opportunities in life, but he didn't. He abandoned me when I wanted to attend tertiary and said he had no money. Now I'm older and I've made something of myself. I see him sacrifice everything with my siblings, with his new wife. I'm very hurt by this because as much as I've moved on, he refuses to acknowledge that he made a mistake. Another message from Heidi in the Netherlands. 
says, Clement, my parents divorced when I was about three years old and it was an ugly divorce. Subsequently, I was used as a revenge pawn between them. Both hated me because I was the offspring of the other. I'm finally at peace now. My mother has passed away and I broke off all contact with my father. Parents must realize what they do to their children. I now suffer with anger issues, but my darling husband helps me to cope. Oh, Heidi um, in the Netherlands, thank you for the message. And I really, I'm so glad that you've got someone in your husband who's able to to help you to help you cope. Uh, Leanne, I, I don't know if you've got some reflections on the first message about mom who went and got married three times and left um, the, her kids with the grandmother because this, this 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 child now says there's still anger and especially for his his sister who he's now telling us there's always bitterness and her mm. and the mom are fighting like cat and dogs and there's also this message about uh, the father who believes he gave you know this child endless opportunities but didn't he's only sacrificing now in in his new family. Mm-hmm. So I think what I want to start off with is this idea that biology doesn't make a parent. The relationship and the time and the effort and the love that somebody invests in you is what creates that parental relationship. And so to him, I say, you know, it's incredible that he recognizes the, the paternal role and the maternal role from both his uncles and his grandmother, but they played in making him who he is. Yes, that, that sense of abandonment and almost, you know, a, a new husband or new children being chosen over himself and his sister, that's going to linger and nobody can take that pain away. But for him, it sounds like he's also undergone his own process and the fact that he's also been able to to verbalize it, regardless of what his mother's response has been, I think has been an incredibly huge part in his healing process. Now, for his sister, her experience sounds like it's been vastly different. You know, a young girl needs a mother. She needs a figure that she can emulate or model herself on. And I don't know the stage of her life at which she was she was abandoned, And for her, is she able to go into her own therapeutic process where what she feels and the experience that she had is heard and that she's able to also recognize her own resilience, her own tenacity, and the things that she gained out of that process through her own sheer grit, as opposed to those things being attributed to the role or non-role that her mother occupied in her life. I think, you know, yeah. I think the very hard part is that so long as we remain angry with someone, it allows us to still hold on to that relationship or for that relationship to have power over us. And that anger, that anger is valid, but to, at what point does it start harming you as opposed to helping you? Mm, mm. So, so how do you break away from it, um, Leanne? How do you break away you know, break free from this troubling emotional past, especially when there are triggers, right? And and you have to go on holiday maybe with the parents. Every December you've got to go home. You know, you're still part of their present life and, 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 and perhaps 
unfortunately you've got some that are just flatly refusing to 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 take accountability and acknowledge how yeah. they made you feel as they were raising you you know i think also i think simultaneously i think we also have our own set of of expectations on how they should have raised us and how they should have been and the role they should have had and very often that space between expectation and reality is filled with a lot of hurt pain and disappointment and if you as a young adult or an older adult can make peace with the fact that your parents even today may never ever live up to your set of expectations that you may be going home because as you said you are you're part of a larger family system yet you may not necessarily regard them as your family that's something can that can also aid you in the process but at the same time if that hurt and the triggers are far, far too powerful and you know that after for example that December period your mood is going to be more low and your functioning is going to be impacted you are entitled to protect yourself in a way that your parents may not have protected you so you may refuse to go or you may say i'm going but i'm not staying with you or i'm going for a very limited amount of time and very often in a therapeutic process we talk about the adult learning to be the parent that their inner child would have needed at that stage and how can you almost reparent yourself and help heal some of your own wounds without necessarily the acknowledgement of the offender mm. oh and that's important because and and lian as you say many times we want to center our healing around the acknowledgement from the offender and we end up waiting yeah. and waiting and waiting and waiting mm. and that just delays our healing process because the offender is not acknowledging um and now we are, we feel we're not able to move on because you know this is dependent on them saying sorry but sorry is never yes. guaranteed so thank you so much for for raising that Uh, I just want to read some of the text messages that have come through. One says, "Good morning, Clement. Anonymous here. Much as I would like to deny it, I hate my mom for keeping me from my father, and yet introduced me to every stepdad out of their uh, out um every stepdad out of the uh, that she was involved with. I think that's what the listener is trying to say, um, including my younger sister's father." I was told my father is dead and I'm now told he knew me to have died at birth. My kids ask me if I hate my mom and I say no, but deep down I know the truth. Yo. I mean, Leanne, this is so deep because I mean, because she's saying I was introduced to every single man that my mom met, the stepdad um and 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 I was told that my father is dead but not only that but it turns out that the father knew this child to be dead too mm. and so that that level of deception yeah i think has certainly has certainly created anger and resentment that's very very hard to free oneself from you know this young man yeah. may have grown up with a sense of mourning at every special occasional milestone and similarly for his father because of the belief that that the person no longer existed 
And I think, you know, I think very often we, 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 yeah, we, we search for justifications from the other person. Why did you do it? What were you thinking when you did it? But the truth is, is that sometimes those answers are not going to soothe the pain that we experienced. Mm. And we have to find a way in order to make our own peace, like we said before, but doesn't necessarily involve the answers that that parent is prepared to give us. Yeah, here's another message. Sometimes the parents are not ready, Clement, and do not want uh, to have the hard conversations. My mom abandoned me to go to the club at home, at a home of her family friends, and never came back until they passed on 12 years later. To this day, she refuses to talk about it or even tell me who my dad is. Um, and I'm 45 now. When I came back, I was treated terribly uh what does one do that's also another message from anonymous hi clement i have an aunt who has two kids from different fathers so the male child who's 16 years is very resentful towards her and isolates himself from the family gatherings he never had a good relationship with his father and we think the resentment comes from the father's rejection we tried counseling he doesn't come right and his mother does everything for him, but he doesn't appreciate anything. Uh, that's that's nom nom t um, in Jobic. Is that sometimes the reason, Leanne? So so when a, a child has been abandoned by the father, and, and and the father is clearly not interested in a relationship with them, do you have cases where they start redirecting that anger towards the mom, or could it have something to do with what you mentioned earlier of? what the father may have shared with him about the mom and now there's resentment um, towards the mom as well. Hmm. So I think, yeah, I think exactly that. I think the child may believe that he was abandoned by his father because of his mother's actions or that his mother, his mother wasn't good enough or that he wasn't good enough for his father to stick around. And so I look very often, you know, these, these web of lies that we spin for our children with a false belief that we are protecting them allows their imagination to fill in the gaps in very, very destructive ways. It's also not necessarily that, that, that this child is withdrawing from the family um, despite his mother doing everything she can. What my curiosity is, is that has she given him the answers that he needs, the truthful answers? Has she acknowledged, validated the pain that he's experienced? Or is he then expected to kind of fit in line and be part of a family that he doesn't identify with, that he doesn't see himself in? So as parents, we can provide everything for our children. You know, on a piece of paper, you're ticking boxes. But when that emotional and truthful space is not present where difficult conversations can be had, the material stuff means nothing. Mm. Yeah. Bali, you're calling us from Soweto. Good morning. Hi, Clement. How are you? I'm all right, Bali. How are you? Uh, I think I'm okay. <laughs> so, mm. um, well, my story is that my parents got divorced when I was very young. Um, and the divorce was very ugly. Um, at that time, the older sibling had to take on the the task of being the parent. 
because yeah. I was very young. Um, um, so, and I understand that it, it may have come with some trauma for them because they could not do uh, some of the things that their peers were able to do because they had to carry a family. Mm. Um, as I grew older, my, my resentment used to be towards my father. But as I grew mm. older, I found that it shifted towards the older sibling because in as much as I understand the pain they had to go through, um, it feels like there's this sense of entitlement um, on what we should do in terms of decisions in our lives because they had to be the parents, because they had they helped raise us. So if I need to make a, a life decision or I'm, 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 I don't know, I'm busy with something that I would like to speak to them about because they're my sibling, if I don't yeah. take their advice, it almost feels like I'm getting this cold treatment or or a silent mm-hmm. treatment because I'm not following that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if it's something that has to be repaid because they had to be the parent. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know if now that we are independent, now that we, we, we can carry ourselves, um, do we have to pay it back? I, I don't know if I'm the one who needs help here. Um, so, yeah, that's been my challenge. Is it, is it normal that my resentment may shift from understanding that, okay, it didn't work out with my parents, it's fine, um, mm. I guess they had their differences, but now my resentment is moving towards the people I'm still very close to, um, mm. and I don't know how to manage it. Yeah, mm. I'm I'm sorry about that, Nbali. I can hear how difficult it is for you. Mm. Um, have you spoken to your siblings before about it? Do they know how you feel? Um, the thing is, when we try to talk about things, we have very different personalities. One goes on a high, one is one stays calm, and yeah. I found that um, we are unable to to resolve a lot yeah. of um, issues. Um, and so I think I just I've just given up on even having the conversation. I'm just feeling this drifting apart and. I don't know. I'm a family person. I, I like family. Um, it hurts me a lot mm. when family drifts apart. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I, I just can't have the conversation. Yeah. Thank, mm. thank you, Mbali. Thank you for calling and being vulnerable to share what is really, I can hear, is a difficult story to, you know, a difficult thing to talk about. Leanne? No, yeah, sure. My heart goes out to you, Mbali. Um you know, she finds herself in an all too common situation. And now as an as an adult, she doesn't want to have to relate to her siblings as parental figures. She wants her own voice to be heard and for her opinions to be considered. But at the same time, it's also very normal that that little girl in her still wants the approval of the pseudo-parents and that she is going to experience a huge amount of anxiety when trying to tackle issues that she knows her siblings are not necessarily going to agree with. And so one way of approaching it is to ask, Mbali, do you have other people in your life that have that have guided you, that you feel safe talking about these difficult struggles, who are going to hear you out when there's a decision that needs to be made? And is it possible for you to change the way in which you relate to your siblings as opposed to waiting for them to change? Their role was given to them 
by your parents. It doesn't seem to be something that they are going to easily let go of. How can you shift yourself in relation to them as opposed to allowing them to have such incredible power over you? Mm, Yeah, there's a voice note that's also come through on 072-702-1702. Hi, Clement. Great topic as always. Um, I found out at the age of 20 that the person I thought thought is my dad is not my dad. But uh, later, at the time I was at tertiary, my mom, uh, we had a conversation about my dad. And she told me that the person that I thought is my dad is not my dad. They didn't hold any grudges, went to church, started praying. So I just want to agree with your, um, your guest that holding grudges doesn't assist the situation. Find a way of trying to resolve the matter because if you don't do it, it will pass, it will be passed to your kids. And for me, I was currently, I don't see my dad. Um, he's with his new family. I'm with my mom. We are at peace. All is good and well with me. I have a family. And I don't hold any grudges against my mom nor my dad. I I was able to move on. This is very difficult for all of us, but and it's very extremely difficult. Thank you, Clement. Yeah. Oh, thank you for mm. your WhatsApp. Oh. Hi, Clement. I'm a gay man. My father once told me that he didn't give birth to a homosexual and we never did get along. He's elderly now and he's not well physically and I'm the only one looking after him as my other siblings don't want anything to do with him. I'm still very hurt, but he's still my father, and I love him. That's a message from Clive in Midrand. Another one. Hi, Clement. My mother has untreated mental and emotional issues, as well as being extremely manipulative and narcissistic, which has resulted in my feeling responsible for her my entire life. The relationship has stunted my development, and now I'm 52, and her sole caregiver, she's 90. I'm at a breaking point. And I admit to being physically violent during arguments due to her long uh, ongoing refusal to consider my emotional needs. No help is available from siblings that are living abroad. My mother refuses to go into a frail facility or have outside help at home. The last message. Hi, Clement. I would like to be anonymous. Interesting topic. I'm currently a stepfather to two daughters and currently experiencing resentment. I feel like the, the elder daughter is a bad influence to the young one. Um, um, with with the one that we started well. How do I also assure the children that I'm not the reason their late father separated with their mother? The issue is so tense that I even thought of leaving my wife, whom I love uh, so much. That's another message here um, from Anonymous Lien. Um, We are out of time, but my goodness, thank you so much for helping us and guiding us through this sensitive, important conversation. I really appreciate uh, the time you've made for us. Leanne Lurie is a clinical psychologist.